Welcome to Masterpiece Women. This is Tina Raines, and I'm the founder of Masterpiece Women, and I am so excited to have you here today. We are a community of authentic women from all over the world, growing together personally, professionally, building businesses and ministries together. And today you're going to hear from a great speaker. So grab a cup of coffee or your favorite tea and sit back and grow with us. Thanks for being here, ladies. Well, hello, Masterpiece Women. Welcome back to Masterpiece Women podcast. We're happy to have you today. We're happy to have Amy Carpenter with us. Amy, welcome. Thank you, Tina. It's great to be here. We just love Amy at Masterpiece Women. So Amy is part of our leadership team. She's been amazing asset to the organization and helping us in so many ways and supporting us in so many ways. So we appreciate her as a friend and as a colleague, but she's also an expert in real estate and she's been a lifelong entrepreneur. She has a background in design. She has now is doing luxury real estate. And so she's just a wealth of knowledge. So I wanted her to join us today because she has this incredible experience in building business as an entrepreneur, as a designer, as um, also as a real estate agent. And she works here in South Florida, here locally. And so I wanted her to come share a little bit about who she is, what she does, and give you some valuable tools to use in building a business, as well as a little bit of hints and inside knowledge to the South Florida real estate market. So Amy, thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's good to be here. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Amy. How did you get started as an entrepreneur? What was your career path? What did it look like? You know, the funny thing is I started out in the corporate world and I have to preface all this by you never know. I think somebody, anytime someone crosses your path, it's on purpose. There, there are no mistakes in the people that you meet in life. So I was in the corporate world. And as you mentioned, I was interior design. So I did that for a few years. And then I transitioned over to a sales position, a sales manager role for a corporate furniture company. And I did that for, for many years and enjoyed it. And then eventually transitioned over to selling fabric to a corporate sales position there. And so I enjoyed that. It was a great career. And I like the corporate world, but I was at a point I thought, you know, I don't know if this is lining up with my lifestyle now, you know, maybe I should do something different, but I'm not quite sure what that is. And so here comes the part where people cross your path. So I'm here in South Florida. I am, you know, networking at charity events, things like that. And one of the people I meet, she comes to me and she says, you know, I think I have a, a good business opportunity for you. And I thought, well, okay, you know, let's, let's talk about it. So we set up dinner and went to dinner. She said, you know, I think that you would be great in the luxury re residential real estate market. You've got the background into your design. You've got the sales background. You're already networking. You're in the community. You're, you're well-established. So I really think this is something you should consider. And I thought, well, you know, I've been asking and wondering what should I do? So I thought, okay, let's do this. So I literally jumped in, got my real estate license, passed my exam, went to work, and then eventually got my broker's license. So that's that's how I ended up here. Love it. And before, when you decided to be a designer, how did you decide to be a designer? 
You know what? I always love that. Growing up, I would rearrange the furniture in my room all the time. So it was just a natural thing for me, I think. My, when I was going to college, I was like, what am I going to do? And my mom said, why don't you try interior design? I thought, perfect. So, and I still enjoy it. Wonderful. So do you help the people that you sell and figure out how to set up their homes well? <laughs> I Sometimes, sometimes I do. I like to anyway, sometimes if they're open to it. Yeah, that's one of the hardest things I think about um, selling for me was like making sure that it looked perfect, but it seemed to work. Um, and with having a professional like yourself, actually that helps tremendously. Right. So, <laughs> um, well, I love that. And, you know, it's interesting that you talk about how your connections and your networking and, you know, being involved um, philanthropically at a lot of events like you are is how God ended up giving you someone who gave you the opportunity who put that bug in your ear. And, um, you know, you then looked, went down that path and to see if those explored that path. And it was something that was really great for you. So I love it how God gives us those divine appointments to do that. Um, when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about, you know, you are not only a professional, you're an expert in real estate, you're, um, key in interior design, but you're also very philanthropic. You're involved in Taylor's Closet, the Ferrari Club, the Broward, um, Broward County. I see you, I'm very involved in the Boys and Girls Club of Broward County. I know Masterpiece Women, Strike Force. Tell me, where did that philanthropic, generous passion of yours come from? You know, I think I've always had that passion and, you know, even more so now, I, I just think we should give back to our community. I, I truly believe the more that you give, the more that you get, and it's not really about getting and receiving. It's more about how you feel inside. You know, it just, it's about feeling good and giving back and, and helping others. And, you know, that, that is a lot of different <laughs> charities that I'm involved in, but I, I do enjoy it. And, you know, I enjoy the people. That, that's a big part of it too. So I think it's just important to give back. I agree. You know, there's nothing more rewarding than to see the impact that your support or your involvement has. I know when you see the lights turn on and I know for the Boys and Girls Club, you know, I was on that um, board of directors for years for probably a decade. Love that organization. And watching those kids grow up and watching the impact that they have is just absolutely phenomenal. And so I love being able to watch the transformation in people's lives when we are philanthropic and we are giving back and helping. And Strike Force is a very different kind of philanthropy though. Um, I would love for you to share just briefly what it is because I think it's very powerful because I know that when women come together, things get done. So I would love for you to share briefly who is Strike Force and what does Strike Force 421 do? Because I'm a member as well and I am because I just love the vision and the passion. I agree 100%. Women get things done. <laughs> so yes, we do. It's a great group of women. And I, the funny thing is I I'd moved here and I, I didn't know anyone. And I was invited to the breakfast. And I think it was the second year they had just started. And so I went to the breakfast and I thought, wow, this is an impressive group of women and they are making things happen. So that being said, it's basically a giving circle. And by that, I mean, we get a group of women together and 
the idea is to make a big impact. And what we do is each of us gives, you know, $100 or more per year to, to be a pledge partner. $1,000 or more, isn't it? Oh, $1,000. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> I'm like, well, mine's a thousand. Um. <laughs> no, thousand dollars. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, but the idea is to make an impact. So if we, if we have a hundred women given a thousand dollars a year, we can really make an impact in our community. And the other thing that I love about Strike Force is that we, for lack of a better word, we spread the love. So we, we have different uh, charities. They're Christian-based charities. They apply for grants and, and not to get into the details, but in any case, we go through and, and we try to, to support these and, and go through and see what they're asking for and, and try to supply them with what they need, with the, with the money to do what they need. I love it. And I love the fact that, you know, so often we tend to all just write a check, a small check, a small check, and it does help for just, you know, it may buy an extra copier. It might buy an extra something small. Um, but when you put the money all together and Strikeforce this year actually gave away their $1 millionth dollar. Yes, we did. Huge, huge, because yeah. You talk to the ministries and they're, you know, 40, 50, $60,000 at a time, depending on what they're requesting, but they vet them out really, really, really well. And I love that because I think it's important. One of the things I've seen often myself supporting and being on boards and, you know, being involved in a lot of different charities and even consulting with charities myself um, as, cause I, you know, I'm certified in fundraising because of my past positions. I recognize that oftentimes charities don't do things well financially. And so I love the way, and it's not because they're not trying, it's because they oftentimes don't have the business acumen on the backside needed to really understand how to manage a ministry like a business. So I think it's really important to help them understand that. So there's some really good programs in our community that do help them. So when you see these organizations they're doing some amazing work and I've heard them say you know what it was because of strike force 421 that we were able to get to the next place in our ministry or to even be able to launch this specific campaign you know one of them got into all the schools for teaching there's so many great things so thank you for what you do I know you're on the board of directors for that and that's an important organization and I love that I don't have to vet the organizations Strike Force 421 does it all for me. And I get to go to the vetting process. I get to go online if it's on Zoom or I get to attend if I want to. But I know that's being done well. And they look at all of that. And how are you going to actually use the money? And they don't take any administrative fees, which is very exactly. different. That's what I was going to say. We Every dollar that you give goes back out. We, yep. we are complete volunteer based. So all, every dollar goes back out to charity. Yeah, I love, love, love that. So thank you for what you do in that. That's a sidebar, but I think it's very important to see how successful people are not just focused on themselves and their success. They're truly people like you are focused on your success, helping the people you're serving in your business be successful and get what they need and want from a home perspective like you do, but also you're giving back to the rest of the community as well. So thank you for what you do. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. So let's talk a little bit about business and getting started in business. How, when you first started business or maybe just recently, um, as you know, when you're a younger entrepreneur, was there any like piece of advice that somebody gave you that you would say, 
this is the best piece of advice anybody ever gave me related to business. And I applied it this way because I love learning from other entrepreneurs. What is it that they model after? Yes. I, well, I've received lots of good advice, first of all, but I would say the most important or the one that's made the biggest impact in life in general and business is to listen to your customer and not just listen, but hear your customer. That's two different things. If, if you're listening, it's one thing, but if you actually hear what they're saying to you, that makes a difference. And I received that, gosh, when I was very first starting my sales career and I was young and I was excited and I had a great product and I was training groups of people and I was doing sales presentations and I just couldn't wait to tell them how great my product was and how much they needed it and how it was going to be the best thing ever. And I had somebody tell me, you know what? Hey, slow down and listen, listen to your customer, listen to your client. And I thought, okay, I'll try this. And so you'd be surprised when you do listen, they will tell you exactly what they want. And I can tell you from a sales perspective, it's much easier to sell to somebody something that they already want. So, (laughs) but you know, people, I think a lot of times we get busy, you know, we've got two ears and one mouth and we should probably use that in perspective most of the time. And as salespeople, we like to talk. So I think that's probably the best piece of advice that has served me just across life in general. I love that. That is so, so key. And, you know, even in fundraising, it's interesting because I remember um, when I was consulting with an organization a few years ago, one of the um, foundations that we went to meet with that I introduced them to said, you know what, we don't even know who you are. We know who Tina is, but we know, you know who you are. And we don't like to be asked for money right off the bat. We want to get to know you. We want you to get to know us. And what is it, Our how we want to spend our money, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was really, you know, pivotal for them to recognize that you, it's sales, fundraising, business in general, and life. Listen, mm-hmm. I think people do far too little of hearing, as you say, hearing what people need, hearing their hearts, because oftentimes we have a preconceived idea of what they're looking for or what their needs are. And it's way far over here on the other side. And you're like, oh, I would have never guessed that. So right. yeah, I think we judge people sometimes erroneously because mm-hmm. we don't hear them. Agreed, agreed hundred percent. Yeah, I love that. That's really great. What about mistakes? We're all about authenticity and vulnerability. What would you say was like that great mistake you've ever made in business that you, and that you learned from number one, because that's our greatest tool in the world is a failure. And we learn so much from it, but how did you apply that moving forward? What did you learn from it? And how did you apply it? Well, I, first of all, in business, I've made many mistakes. So <laughs> they're always a learning. We all to- have. <laughs> But I would say most recently, just just talking about the real estate career, my biggest mistake so far is I didn't put myself out there fast enough and fast and furious, as I say, you know, I I got my real estate license, I jumped in, I I got all the information, but I didn't tell everybody what I was doing. And and of course, if they don't know what you're doing, how are they going to call you? So (laughs) that was probably my biggest mistake that I made. And 
really, it was just fear-based. You know, I was afraid, what if I don't know the answer? Or what if they ask me something I don't know? And not being from South Florida, I didn't know all the waterways. I didn't know how to get from the canals to the ocean. So, you know, that's important here. So, you know, if you're a boater, you want to get out and go to the Bahamas or somewhere. So things like that, I just really had to get a grip on myself and say, you know what, you can do this. And learned, you know, the, the waterways, the canals, the setbacks for boaters in different neighborhoods and different areas. So there was a lot I had to learn and it was just a matter of learning that. So once I had the confidence, then I, I felt like, gosh, okay, I've got this, but just not putting myself out there fast enough and telling everybody what I do. Oh, that's a great one. That's a great one because I think so many people do that and it's almost, uh, sometimes it's a perfection paralysis, isn't it? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. If you're not perfect, you don't want to put yourself out there. And I'm going to tell you, ladies, that is a huge mistake that so many people make. And every good coach is going to coach you. Do it scared and do it. Yes, you should prepare for it. Do the best you can. But you do not have to be the end all know all. There are so many resources. If you don't have an answer, it's okay to say, let me get back to you with it. And it's exactly. people respect that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agree. Yeah, I agree. I love that. That's a great, great perspective. As we're building these online businesses and our membership sites, a lot of the women are so afraid. And that's one of the things that we're going to be working through over the next six weeks in this, these courses is getting rid of those fear barriers so that you can just put yourself out there, get it done, get it online. And it doesn't have to be perfect. And my coach literally had us create a, a um, Facebook group the day I was doing the training, I said, just do it, call it something. And I'm like, what am I going to call it? And so I did. And I have like 250 people in it. Like that day, I invited a bunch of people and um, it was so powerful to see, oh, you know, I'm not really ready at all whatsoever. And so I had to be transparent with the women. I'm really not ready yet, but we're moving forward. And this is what we're going to be doing you know, and to me, that was very intimidating because I do not like to look bad and mm. I have to really surrender that and say, okay, Lord, you know what? Sometimes you just do it. And the reality is because I do do that, I believe that it gives other per people permission and strength to go, oh, Tina's definitely not perfect. So if she can do it, I can do it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think it gives them like, it gives them, you know, courage. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Just do it. You don't have to be perfect. And as you, you know what, even the videos and the podcast, I'm like, it was very intimidating to me. And I thought, Just going to do it. The first couple were actually not too bad. I was like, wow, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was fine. You know, and the more we do them, the more we learn. I mean, I didn't even know how to use Zoom when we first started doing videos. I had no idea. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's so crazy. So question for you. One of the pillars of Masterpiece Women is authenticity. And we really are passionate and you as part of the leadership are as well about women knowing that they're a masterpiece and women having the freedom to be authentic and vulnerable at our events so that we can really grow to a deeper level in community, but also personally and professionally. Talk to me a little bit about how authenticity has played a role in your business. 
You know, I have to say, I agree with, with what you said. We, we need to be more authentic and, you know, just be yourself. I think so many times we are trying to be someone else, or maybe we're trying to please someone, or maybe we're trying to be what someone else thinks we should be. And, you know, people appreciate you being real. And I am a relationship person. I like to know people and, and I genuinely care. Like when I meet people, whether it's in business or charities or whatever, I want to know about people. I, I want to know about your family or your dog's name or, or your children. You know, where did you grow up? What, you know, have you always lived here? So for me, I genuinely care about people. And I think that that shows through in relationships, you know, just, just being real with people. And like you said, we're, we're all trying to be perfect and nobody's perfect. So I think sometimes just sharing that with people, like you were saying with the podcast, just we're not perfect, you know, and none of us are, and, and that's okay. So I think just, just trying to be more real, be you, you be you is my thing. <laughs> you be you. I like that. That's a great saying. You be you. Exactly. <laughs> we don't need any more Tina's. We don't need any more Amy's be yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's so, that is definitely valuable. So let's talk specifically because it's a very interesting season in real estate, especially in South Florida. I think everybody from every state has decided to, to move to South Florida. Yes. Talk to us a little bit first. What are you seeing in the real estate market currently? Like what are the trends that you're seeing? Well, as you said, everybody's moving to South Florida, which is was not anything new. People have always moved here for the lifestyle, but the trends we're seeing now is one, you know, we know it's a seller's market. Anywhere you've been, you know that it's a seller's market. And that trend is predicted to go through 2022 at least. So it's, it's a great time to sell. But the other trend we're seeing is one, our international buyers and investors are returning, you know, with the, with the travel restrictions over the last couple of years, that's a big part of what we do here in South Florida. So yeah. those uh, buyers and investors are returning. And also, like you said, now that we figured out we can work from home and work from anywhere, a lot of people are, are moving for the lifestyle and they're moving here to South Florida for, for the lifestyle and because they can work from anywhere, they're not stuck in an office. So those are the major trends that we're seeing right now. Wow. And do you have any idea on the, like the volume of people that have come in in the last year or two? I was just curious. I mean, I'm sure it's a fluid number, but I was curious. A lot. I don't know exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was curious. I, I had seen some crazy numbers at an event a few months ago and at the executive um, breakfast and um, it was crazy. The numbers that they were saying and predicting that we're going to continue in the growth that Fort Lauderdale specifically was having, it's a lot of people, <laughs> huge amounts of people moving into town. So it's definitely a good time to sell. And it so is. with that in mind, what would be like five or how many other tips you might want to share? What were, are some key things that people can do to really get the most bang for their dollar out of their home? Are there some key things that people need to think about, consider when they're putting their house on the market? Definitely, definitely. I, I've, I've got my list here and I could go on, but the first thing I would say is declutter. You know, we start, we live our lives, you know, we're working, we've got children, we've got pets, life goes on. So my advice to someone who's getting ready to sell their home is take your phone, take a photograph of each room and kind of look at it through the lens of the camera. And 
through that, you'll see, gosh, there's a stack of magazines that probably shouldn't be on the table. Maybe I need to recycle those. Or maybe, you know, the kids' toys are everywhere, your, your dog's toys, you know, things like that. Just declutter, get rid of, you know, stuff sitting around. People want to come into a fresh space. And kind of on the heels of that would be to get rid of personal items. And I know we hear that all the time. But it's true. You know, people want to be able to visualize themselves in your home. They don't want to see your wedding photos and, and your, your children's trophies and things like that. And let's be honest, you're moving anyway. So go ahead and pack that stuff up, get it off the shelf and, and make it so that your buyer can see themselves living in your home. That That's key. And a couple other things. One, paint. Paint is huge. Like a fresh coat of neutral paint will do wonders to freshen up a home. And it's so inexpensive, so doable, and just, just an easy way to freshen up your home. And you mentioned earlier, Tina, you're talking about staging. That's a huge, huge thing. I, I would definitely recommend spending the money to stage your home or having someone come in. I just read what, last week, I guess, 73% faster. Your home will sell 73% faster if you have staged it than if not. So, so that's a pretty big number there. And we use Meredith Bayer staging, but there's lots of staging companies. I recommend that, especially if you've moved furniture out or you, you're, you've already moved. People can't visualize themselves in an empty home. They need to see how the space is to be lived in. So that is, is definitely a recommendation. And even if you've got, you're keeping your furniture, you're still living there, have somebody come in and spend a couple of hours, maybe giving you some tips on accessorizing or maybe moving a piece of furniture here or there. Makes all the difference in the world for people. And let's see, the last one I guess would say landscaping. If you're in a home, people pulling your driveway, they're excited to see this new home that they want to live in. Make sure that, that it looks inviting. Make sure that all the trees are trimmed, maybe fresh mulch, maybe some potted plants with bright colored flowers. Don't forget about the backyard, the pool area. You know, make sure it looks inviting. People want to, to feel at home when they come there. So those are my top tips. Those are great tips. I know when we considered selling our house a few years ago, we had it staged. And wow, what a difference. It gave me a lot of great tips. I ended up buying a lot of the staging items because I loved it. Everything behind me, actually, I bought from the staging company. Well, most of it anyway, um, yeah. because I just, I loved her eye. I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I thought I had a pretty good eye until she came in. I was like, wow, this looks great. Then we opted not to. And I'm really glad because um, I think we're going to do it now that the peak of the season, peak of the market is here. Um, and we have a daughter going off to college at the end of May. So it's a very right. good time. So Perfect. Yeah. Staging makes a world difference. And I can't tell you how many people do the same thing you do. You know, they come into a staged home and they buy the home and they're like, and I'd like to keep the sofa and the chairs. And yes, yeah, so yep. same thing. We'll do it all the yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, how perfect as a buyer though, to walk into a house that's been staged and just be able to say, I'm just buying everything in here and, you know, go for it. Now we, exactly. some of ours was ours, but we would have happily <laughs> given, sold it with it. But um, yeah, definitely. I think that's a great way to go and great, great advice. Mm -hmm. So Amy, tell us, how do we reach Amy? If we decide we're going to sell our home, how do we reach you? You can reach me on Instagram. You can call me. I will put my number in the in the bio. I email. I've got a website. So 
I'm on Facebook. I got a Facebook page. So I'm, I'm pretty much anywhere you look, you, you can find me. Perfect. We will make sure in your bio, in the bio on our podcast and on our blog that you have all of Amy's information. Who is your avatar? Wow. Well, that could be pretty broad, but I will narrow it down a little bit. Uh, with Premier State Properties, we work with only million dollar plus homes. So that narrows it down somewhat, but in South Florida, that's still pretty broad. So I would say my avatar is, are a couple of people. One, boaters. You know, I've worked with people who their primary goal is to find a place to dock their boat or their yacht. So boaters are, are a big part of what we do because we have a lot of water frontage here in Fort Lauderdale. And that's a, a lot of what we do. The other would be maybe someone who owns multiple homes. Because again, here in South Florida, this is not always somebody's primary home. And maybe they want to take advantage of the seller's market. They've got three or four homes and this one they don't use very much. So that would be someone else, maybe someone who doesn't live here that, that owns a home here. And the other would be someone who's maybe lived in their home for several years. They've got equity. Again, they want to take advantage of the seller's market, but also maybe they're making a lifestyle change. So they're selling anyway, but it's a great time to take advantage of the market and get the most out of your home. So those are some of my avatars. Perfect. Well, I, as you said, the million dollar home that used to seem much larger than it is now, because in this market, so many of the homes have doubled in the price. I know in exactly. our, our neighborhood has almost doubled, literally. Actually, it has doubled in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So it's just crazy. There's some homes that have actually sold at like two and a half times what they were in 2017 when I purchased my home. Not surprised, but see, that's the perfect time yeah. to sell. If you're moving to a different stage of life, you know, that's, yep. that's perfect. I know. I, I keep thinking, but how are we going to do this? I, I think we should downsize because we have a lot of grandkids. We can just get an RV and go all over. Um, a masterpiece when we can do from anywhere except for our luncheons. I can make sure I'm home <laughs> once a month. <laughs> exactly. That's my thought. So anyway, we shall see what God does with that. But definitely, um, I appreciate your input. Um, I appreciate just who you are, Amy. You're such an incredible, beautiful woman inside and out. And you bring great value to Masterpiece Women locally and now um, internationally. There's people from all over the world listening to these podcasts. And so we really appreciate you so much. Well, thank you, Tina. And I appreciate you as well. I think you're absolutely amazing. And I love Masterpiece Women. And I'm so thrilled to be involved with it. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. So as we um, plan to close here in just a moment, what would be one piece of advice you'd give to all these women who might be thinking about starting their own business? One piece of advice. Well, two, believe in yourself. Know that you can do this. You've got this. I think sometimes we, I was talking earlier about you know, being afraid, fear, getting in the way. Know you can do this. You are strong. You are intelligent. You can do this. And, and don't be afraid to put yourself out there like I was. You know, Tell people what you do and put yourself out there. Just believe in yourself, 100%. I love that because people like to do business with people they like and trust. Always, always. Yep. Absolutely, I agree. Great advice, Amy. So Masterpiece Women, we are so thankful that you were here with us today. Stay tuned for our next podcast and we look forward to 
seeing you then. Have a blessed rest of your day. God bless you guys.